The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Tim, we welcome back Stan Gordon, who is the kind of guest that we love to have on the Paracast because all we have to do is say, Hi, Stan. And we sit back, and he's got an amazing group of tales to tell about from his Pennsylvania location. But before we do that, I wanted to talk to Tim about last week's guest, Christopher Harmon. Now, Tim, I don't know your assessment of him, but some stuff that he talked about were unusual, like he's contacting so-called grays that instead of having big eyes, they're wearing, like, eyeglasses. Have you ever heard of anything like that before? Well, yes. Uh, and I, I wonder if, if when he said eyeglasses, if he was this kind of, you know, uh, talking about eye covering. Because, I mean, that's that's been a thing for, for quite a while, that possibly the, the, the big black eyes on the grays are actually some kind of, of lens. But he did seem to refer more to them wearing eyeglasses, you know, like sunglasses. But I do. I wonder if he's not just referring to, like, uh, uh, black eye coverings that would be similar to terrestrial sunglasses. Point taken. Special glasses like the men in black, maybe. The (laughs) famous men in black glasses. I want to get a pair of those. Now, the other thing that was interesting in many ways was his remote viewing experiment with my office. And he got it all wrong. But it's interesting to me the choices he made. Because if you've seen all these TV shows where they have a computer hacker, the computer hacker's office usually has several computer screens in a row, several chairs, bunch of lights and everything. And instead of commenting on my area, which is basically a home bedroom converted to an office that has two tables, one computer one office chair and some folding chairs and one light source, he got mixed up with the hacker's office and he's trying to make a guess. And unfortunately, the guess didn't turn out very well. (laughs) Yeah, the the person who's uh, hacked into your uh, system, the uh, CIA or uh, NSA secretly listening to, uh, to your conversations. Well, there aren't enough conversations to listen to. If they want to hear the show, all they have to do is basically download a copy every week. As far as the rest, well, I don't talk to a lot of people in this room. Sorry about that, CIA or NSA or (laughs) Men in Black. That's how it works. What interested me most, though, was his so-called psychic reading. Now, 
I have a mixed impression of so-called psychic readings because I've never seen any results that interested me. This time, there were three aspects to his reading that go beyond cold reading. They weren't things that he would normally find out about me if he did research. One of which that I was somewhat close with my mother's father, my grandfather, mm -hmm. and knew him when I was very young, but didn't have much luck communicating with him because of the language difficulties. But it would have been nice because he was an immigrant from Russia. And to have talked to him about his home country would have been fascinating. Disappointment, but not something I've ever thought about until this psychic reading. Number two, that I had a thin mustache for a period of time. This would be in the late 70s to early 80s. And obviously he saw my avatar, my photo. I don't have it now. I don't know of anybody who knew that, except my wife who was in the other room and wasn't talking to Christopher Harmon. The third thing, again, something I didn't mention, in the 80s when I had more money than we did now, there were cheap leases for luxury cars. There still are to some degree. But we got a really good deal. I think it was a 1987 Mercedes-Benz 300E, one of the first of those. It was black with a beige interior. And we got, a, I think, a four-year lease or a five-year lease on that particular vehicle. It was also badly built. Hmm. Had a chintzy radio, this Becker radio that Mercedes used to offer. It was comfortable enough, but would pick up rattles. And then when we had 45,000 miles on it, the engine mounts wore, and they tried to charge us. And I said, warranty, warranty, just before 45,000 miles. And I had to fight the dealer for it. My nephew, Jeffrey, had the, virtually the same car, unbeknownst to me until later, with the same bad experiences on it. But the point is that we had a luxury car in the 80s, which isn't apparent from anything I've ever said. So on those three aspects, the grandfather, the luxury car, and the mustache, he was right on, he nailed it, and that surprised me. Because everything else you said about me, you can kind of guess from my photo. You are not an unusual-looking person, except maybe to your wife, Tim. And, <laughs> but the point is, he, I guess, was fairly correct about you. That's what, yes. that's what concerned me there about the psychic readings is, I think something is going on, but it's not consistent. And if it doesn't happen, they make it up. That might have happened with the remote viewing reading, where he couldn't get a reading. He tried to make it up based on his assumptions about me. Stan Gordon, this is kind of outside your wheelhouse, but have you ever explored psychic readings or remote viewing? Over the years, I've, I've talked to some people who were involved in it. No, it's not something I generally get involved with uh, out in this area. Now, I should point out that we actually did have a successful remote viewing experiment back in 2009 with a guy named Daz Smith. I would have liked to have repeated the experiment, which was a simple one, but he got into flame wars in our forum, and he was banned. And I tried to reach him again to settle things out. Never heard from him again. So that's unfortunate. What is fortunate is that Stan Gordon on the very phone line on which we're talking to him, receives regular calls about sightings of strange phenomena 
particularly in your area. That's western Pennsylvania, right, Stan? That's correct. We're in the western part of the state, but I do receive reports from across the state as well. Right. Well, next time you get one from Coatesville, let me know. <laughs> we lived there for several years, and that was, of course, near Kennett Square, where they had sightings back in 1973. So now we're yeah. in an interesting time, of course, which is that the U.S. government has this AARO program by the Pentagon that's investigating UFOs. And there was a story about it in the press just the other day. I know Stan is more concerned about local sightings, so I mentioned it briefly. They've been getting hundreds or thousands of sighting reports that most are conventionally explained, a small number or not, but conveyed the feeling most of those or all of those were foreign technology from other countries, maybe drones or something. And they were going to expand the ability to report sightings on the AARO site. They mentioned 2 to 4% unexplained. Obviously, they are not saying it's ET. They say there's no evidence, but that means little or nothing because what evidence do they expect to have? Do they expect ET to land in their backyard? Okay, we're here. Take me to your leader or whatever. Or take me to Taylor Swift because she's the lady in charge right now. That would be interesting, by the way, if ET came down and they said, we want to see Taylor Swift. Maybe they want free concert tickets. But that figure, Stan, 2 to 4% unexplained, is that what you see? You know, it, it varies here year by year. And as I've said many times, you know, I started investigating uh, UFO phenomena and other anomalies here in Pennsylvania back in 1965. I began going out in the field, I should say, after the Kexford case in 1965. What I began to uncover back then, the same today, is that while many reputable people report seeing strange objects in the sky, when you take the time to properly investigate them, many are determined to be either natural or man-made in origin. I do have to agree there's a lot of sightings that there's explanations for. Stan, let's do our break, and then we'll go into the explanations. Stan Gordon, Gene Steinberg, Tim Swartz, you're in The Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 
877-279-9422. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hey, Jimmy, turn off the video games. Let's go play some ball. I'm in the middle of my game. Can't we go later? Come on, it'll be fun. It will be there when you get back. Okay, but there's no way you're going to win. Why don't you grab some water and granola bars, and then we'll see about that. You can make a difference. Eat smart, play hard. And when you do, your kids will too. A challenge from USDA. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe $25,000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. In our previous segment, we were talking to Stan Gordon, our guest for this week, who's been exploring UFOs since the 1960s. He's located in Western Pennsylvania, but receives reports from all over the state. And I mentioned to him that the AARO people, that's the Pentagon UFO or UAP project, mentioned that 2 to 4% of sightings are typically unexplained. Stan, would you continue about that observation in your locality? Yeah, so when I look into these reports, going back many years, and of course a lot in recent years, a lot of them are misidentification of natural man-made objects. So, for example, bright planets and stars, of course lights on aircraft for re-entry of space debris on occasion, bright fireball meteors, bull eyes that we occasionally have pass over the area. 
a lot of drone reports now, and, and again, in the last few years and recent weeks, many, many reports of Starlink satellites people calling in seeing. So when you take the time to track them down, yes, there's a lot of explanations. But I can tell you, even in the last few years and right through the last several weeks and months, there has been a lot of incidents here in Pennsylvania, and I'll go over some of those with you, that are not easily explained away. So when I had my research groups, we always were out there trying to find an explanation before we consider them being something unusual. And that's the way it still is today. Every year, there's reports coming in of very unusual aerial phenomena that we cannot easily dismiss. I'll tell you what, you mentioned recent sightings, and I know we get mailings from you every few weeks about what's going on. Can you pick something really, really compelling, unexplained in recent months? And we're doing the show, by the way, in the middle of October of 2023. So in the last few months, can you give us a few notable ones? Oh, yeah. There's been quite a lot of interesting reports. One of them was September 3rd, and this was down in Cumberland County, not far from the Susquehanna River. This took place around 9 o'clock in the evening when this witness went outside to do a chore and were taking her dog for a walk, and suddenly there was this bright flash of light, something like a starburst above her, and the dog, which was deaf, was stopped and went to a sitting position to look up towards the sky, so she looked up. That's when she sees, hovering about 300 feet over top of her building, this very large, solid, black, triangular object with rounded corners. So these were not lights. In fact, there was no lights at all on this object. She said there was enough moonlight to illuminate the area around the object. The surface of the object had a flat, matte, black color. She had a clear view of the underside and the back section of the object. There were no individual lights again. It was hard for her to describe the size, but she said it was massive and much larger than the medical helicopter's flyover area. She described seeing what looked like two circular protuberances or areas on the back that she thought may have been like vents. And it was in that area that she noticed what she surmised was like orange-colored metal cooling off, she thought, from maybe intense heat. But she said that cooling effect had only occurred for a very short time. And she said she saw what looked like some type of indentations or protrusion on the bottom surface of the object. And as the object just hovered there, she noticed a, a deep yet barely audible humming sound. And then she heard like one click. And the object began to slowly move, but then suddenly there was like a, a burst of speed. She said it was almost like a smudge. It was so fast, and it just vanished. She never saw it move across the sky. It just vanished right in front of her. And, and I can tell you, in the many reports that have been coming in in the last few years, even recent months, and many of these have been daylight reports of large, elongated what appear to be metallic, cigar-shaped objects hovering even beautiful afternoons. So these reports, again, they're not coming in just from one area. They're coming in from miles apart from many different counties. And luckily, we do have some pretty good pictures, some of which you can see on my website, that people have taken. But in numerous reports, these large, elongated objects, and I guess some of these you could describe as might take the description of a tic-tac, one other fellow told me that it looked like a good and plenty candy. I thought that was a good description. But these things are just hovering, and suddenly, in front of their eyes, they just vanish. They don't accelerate and leave. They're just gone. Or in some cases, they move so slow across the sky, much slower than an aircraft would be moving. But there have been uh, lots of reports coming in, again, of cigar-shaped objects, of these solid black triangular objects uh, being reported coming in from uh, different parts of the state. And again, some of these are very, very detailed, some daylight reports. 
Another report that came in uh, that was kind of interesting, too, this was August 17th near Irwin, Pennsylvania. This was 11 o'clock in the morning. Here's a fella, former military guy, interviewed uh, several times. This was 11.10 in the morning. He was in a swimming pool. It was a beautiful morning, swimming, uh, floating on a raft in a swimming pool, looking up, and his black object moves low, very low overhead from east to west. It was moving very fast across the sky in a perfect straight line. The wind was about five to seven miles from the west, and the object moved directly into the wind. He estimated this thing was moving at about 100 miles an hour, but he said this thing was exceptionally low, only about 150 feet off the ground. But he said it was described as a flat black color. There were no lights, wings, or propellers. He said the shape was very hard to explain. There's a sketch of it on my website, by the way. But it was similar to a cross-section of a wing of an aircraft. The base was flat. The solid object was only about six feet in length, and it moved across the sky. And interestingly... May 14th of last year, outside of Lake Trobe, and this would be over a section of the Chestnut Ridge, which I'm sure we'll talk about again. We've talked about it in the past because it's probably one of the most active areas in the country for repeated UFO encrypted activity. But that day, May 14th, a fellow um, was sitting out in the parking lot, happened to look up in the sky, and he sees his black object that moved slowly and suddenly took on a, a, a surge of speed, but he was able to get one pretty good picture of it, and it looks very similar to the object that was reported by the gentleman, Irwin, if you flip it over upside down. So that's kind of interesting, too. And another case, and these are just examples. So August 3rd of this year, and actually this occurred about 2 a.m. on that date, so this is outside of Lake Trobe again, which, again, is on the edge of the one section of Chestnut Ridge. So this guy commonly walked early morning hours. So he's about 2 o'clock in the morning. He's several blocks from the downtown section of Lake Trobe. And he sees a series of lights coming from the Ligonier area moving west towards Lake Trobe. At first he thought it was an aircraft. But as the lights get closer, he observes this large, solid, dark, and shiny triangular object that was approaching him. At the bottom he had... One saw one white non-blinking round light on each corner and one larger non-blinking red light in the center at, uh, of it. Along the sides were five smaller white non-blinking lights. He estimated this thing was about 100, 200 feet from point to point. The object was moving slowly and steadily. At times there appeared to be some skipping and jittering as it moved or pivoted a little bit. There were no visible markings on the object as it passed over about 1,500 feet above him. The object was completely silent. And the man aimed his phone camera at the object to take video. He saw the image on his phone screen. When he got home to play back the video, there was no footage. And interestingly, that is the same thing that's been going on now for, for months and months and years. And a lot in recent weeks of people who are attempting to take pictures or videos of, in some cases, low-level UFOs, or in some cases, even some cryptid activity we've heard. And while they see the image on their device, when they play it back, it's not there. We're going to have a lot more about photos and sightings and all sorts of stuff with Stan, Gene, and Tim. You're in The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. USA News Update. 20 trucks carrying the first humanitarian aid supplies to Gaza were allowed to pass the border crossing between Egypt and Gaza, which opened briefly Saturday for the first time since Israel sealed it off following the attack by Hamas two weeks ago. Aid workers say the shipment, which is just a fraction of the nearly 30,000 tons of aid that have been positioned near the crossing for days, is insufficient to address an unprecedented humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Former President Trump's lawyer Michael Cohen says he'll return to New York next week to testify in a civil fraud trial after his initial court appearance was delayed due to a medical issue. He's scheduled to testify on Tuesday. A judge has ruled that Trump and his businesses committed fraud by falsely inflating and deflating the value of its assets in order to lower taxes and receive better insurance coverage. The Israeli government is increasing its travel warnings, advising its people not to travel to Egypt and Jordan and avoid all non-essential travel to the North African country of Morocco and all Muslim nations. Skip Kelly, USA News. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com. 
Vietnam immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? You know, Stan, when you mention the inability to get a, a photograph or a video with a smartphone, one of the arguments made about UFOs is the fact that we have billions of smartphones out there. And many of the higher-end products from, like, Apple and Google and Samsung, beautiful cameras. They all take excellent pictures, close-ups, snapshots, whatever. But when it comes to a UFO, you either get a light in the sky or nothing. What's going on here? Well, there's more to it than that. And when are you? Are we ready to go in again? Let's, as they say, roll it. Uh, yeah, so anyhow, you asked me a question about the cameras. I can tell you that, one, I have been receiving many photographs and videos and game cam pictures and security pictures of different type of anomalies being reported. And, yes, we do get pictures in, and often uh, we can determine that there's a, um explanation for some of these cases. Sometimes it's a different type of techno malfunctions or something within the camera producing various images. But we on occasion are getting some pretty good pictures, especially of these daylight cigar-shaped objects that are being reported. But there have been numerous instances of incidents that are not so easily explained away. Let me give you a couple of historical cases from the top of my head that I think you'll find pretty interesting, which falls right into this category. So back in 2015, this is up near Donegal, Pennsylvania, kind of on the border around Westmore and Fayette County. Both areas very active with activity. So anyhow, it was a beautiful morning. This man is sitting in the dining room next to the window. The face was outside. It was a beautiful day. Suddenly it got jet black out, like a terrible storm just came out of nowhere. His dog is lying on the carpet next to him. His dog goes with him everywhere. So anyhow, he grabbed his fully charged phone because he thought it was so unusual to see this storm come out of nowhere, he thought. He yells to his dog, which goes with him everywhere. The dog refuses to move. The guy goes outside, right outside the door, goes out in his driveway. 500 feet above him is this huge, silent, solid black triangular object. What's he do? He grabs his fully charged phone aims at it to take a picture, and moments later, that fully charged battery was completely drained of energy. We hear that more and more. That's an example. Also, it's June 1st, 2013. This was um, on a busy highway, Route 30. This was um, in North Huntington Township, uh, near Irwin, Pennsylvania, the same general area where there have been sightings for years. And this woman, who, by the way, did not believe in UFOs until this happened, her three-year-old child, riding down Route 30 eastbound around 10 o'clock at night. As they're riding down the road, she suddenly had to brake right in the middle of the road. <laughs> she told me later, she said, I couldn't believe it. There's cars way ahead of me, there's cars behind me, and, there, and there's nobody else around. So anyhow, she's riding down the road, and 
she sees this large object hovering right over the highway. So she slows down. Anyhow, she uh, gets, um, I believe she saw about 150 feet away from this thing. And she's on the sofa and telling, talking to somebody, trying to describe what's going on. She said this thing was completely silent, was hovering about 60 feet above that section of the road. It looked mostly rectangular and said it looked like a gondola of a blimp without the blimp. The length of the object appeared to extend over the east and uh, westbound lanes of the highway. It was about 55 feet long and about 35 to 40 feet tall. Describe this object as two-tiered. The top section was made of five sets of green lights. There were three individual rectangular lights in each set. The five sets of lights were all evenly spaced in a vertical position, and the lights were all steady and non-blinking. The witness said the green light was brighter than a green of a traffic light. The bottom section was smaller in size, contained about two long, solid red lights that were placed side by side. The lights were steady and never blinked. They gave the witness the impression of looking like brake lights, but they were huge. So anyhow, as she's on the telephone, she's describing what's going on. Her three-year-old baby yells, Mommy, flying iPad in the sky. <laughs> but anyhow, as she's approaching this thing, she has to go underneath it to get to her home. So she's passing underneath this object. When she does, all the digital displays on her car dashboard black out, such as the, the clock, the temperature, the airbag status, the radio, the Bluetooth connection, the FM radio she was listening to, the station, what lost signal. She attempted to take a picture with her phone, but the camera malfunctioned and would not load her up into the camera mode. She got down about a quarter mile away from the site where it happened, and she could still see the object in the rearview mirror, but all the electronics came back on. Those are the kind of incidents that go go on, but the public never hears about. That reminds me, though, of uh, especially the uh, the batteries of the the phones dying of an incident that happened to me years and years ago when I was investigating a uh, a house that was being haunted by a poltergeist, and I had uh, a professional camera, uh, television camera equipment with me with. Fully charged NICAD batteries, and I mean, you know, these are big, powerful batteries. And within a couple of minutes after entering the house, every battery that I had died, including the extra ones that I had, you know, in a bag for for standby. So I mean, it's it's funny how this kind of phenomena kind of goes all across the board. And I bet you have, um, say, like a Bigfoot Sasquatch sightings with uh, similar results. And we definitely do. And that's what I found, you know, years and years ago and more and more in recent years. I've talked about this for years. I've written about it for years. These things are ongoing now more and more, not only in Pennsylvania, but throughout the country. Many other researchers are aware of these kind of reports. I've interviewed witnesses from all over the country and around Pennsylvania who have had these experiences. And, you know, the more I know about whatever it is we're dealing with, and I don't think anybody understands it, uh, I think, for a lack of a better term, that a lot of this may be interdimensional rather than extraterrestrial. There's a physical and a non-physical component to it. And the more I know about these various anomalies, I think many of the various phenomena that we've been dealing with have some interconnection. There are similarities and patterns of a lot of it that I've been finding. Well, it's almost like the phenomena generate some kind of electrical interference or or maybe interdimensional <laughs> interference. Uh, I mean, I know that there have been uh, some cases where uh, people have been 
uh, like the one woman underneath a UFO and actually experience what appears to be like almost like uh, uh, time dilations. Yeah, uh, and it's going on with a lot of other stranger cases as well. And I started noticing this many, many, many years ago, back in the 70s. I mentioned that in my uh, one of my books, early books, on that massive UFO wave in 73, when we began to realize that there was a lot more to Bigfoot than just being an unknown animal. We began to see the relationship between the UFO sightings and Bigfoot, which I know we talked about before, but we can talk about it again because these things are ongoing. What's going on more and more around the country in Pennsylvania is that in areas where you have a history of Bigfoot encounters, many researchers and witnesses are now observing various type of uh, anomalous light phenomena and these small spheres of light, balls of light, low to the ground. And this is something I think is very significant when I tell you what happened in the last year and even in recent weeks. Um, but and in many cases, some real high-level night, uh, night vision equipment, other uh, type of... Uh, Recording equipment, many reports of malfunctioning going on in many areas when they're attempting to take photographs of UFOs, the cryptic activity going on, these balls of light approaching closely. We're hearing more and more reports like this. And I'm telling you, what we're dealing with definitely is an energy connected. Because um, what I found years ago is that many low-level, close-range UFO encounters and many encounters with Bigfoot and other cryptids often occur close vicinity to high-power uh, uh, energy sources. So you have a lot of sightings around high-tension power lines, power plants, radio towers, cell phone towers, communication towers, bodies of water, railroad tracks, gas wells, gas lines. I can go on and on and on. There is definitely an energy connection to a lot of phenomena that we're dealing with. We're going to have a lot more with Stan Gordon and Gene and Tim, you're in the Pentecost. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you love mysteries, you'll love these two books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll learn about the strange beings that can look like us, but are not. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll see the hard evidence of UFOs that has been ignored or even hidden. These books will definitely blow your mind, and both are now available on Amazon.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, Dot com.
What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is an urgent warning. America is heading for another major financial disaster at an alarming rate. We could see stock prices fall as much as 50%, but this time the crash could be more violent and come faster than you ever imagined. We are Advantage Gold, America's most trusted precious metals company, and we are here to sound the alarm that winter is coming for investors. And now is the time to take actions that may help protect and secure your portfolio with physical precious metals. Want to help protect your hard-earned money before it's too late? Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000 and request our free gold and silver survival kit today. Mention that you heard us on the radio and learn how you could get up to $1,000 in free silver coins. The number is 800-900-8000. Call now to get your free survival kit and see if you qualify for $1,000 in free silver today. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. This is Jennifer Stein, executive producer of The Disclosure Dialogues. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Before we get back to looking at these strange energy sources or whether this phenomena is attracted to energy, when you mentioned Route 30, it brought back memories because I lived near another portion of Route 30 in Coatesville, Pennsylvania, about a half mile south of there. So my memories are intact. What county is Coatesville in? That's Chester County. Okay, so you're down around Philadelphia in that area. That's where we used to be. It's back in the 70s. We were about, what, we're near Westchester, Coatesville, Cannon Square, that area. 
Yes, it would be west of Philadelphia. It's about an hour's drive from Philadelphia. Okay, so over the last several months, I am receiving a number of UFO incidents, good quality reports from down that part of the state. Tell us more. Bring back some memories. Well, there, you know, there have been sightings everywhere in Pennsylvania. My gosh, I've, I've dealt with literally thousands and thousands of cases. You know, I've been taking calls from the public since 1969. My phone never stops ringing. And then I get lots of e- email reports come in here all the time. It's just amazing. People have no idea how much of this is going on with UFOs and Bigfoot and cryptid reports. And I've been doing many lectures this year in many different areas. And over this weekend, I just um, I was at a, a very large local event. It was a three-day event. And actually, it's almost right in the middle between the Chestnut Ridge and the Laurel Ridge here in West. PA, which is probably, again, one of the most active areas in the country for all kind of phenomena. I had so many people coming up for three days visiting, uh, talking to me, sharing many accounts of things they've seen even in recent weeks. And everywhere I go, this happens. And I will tell you that 99% of those people never reported the sightings to anybody. So I receive a lot of reports all the time. I know many other researchers I'm in touch with, they receive reports. You've got some of the national groups that receive reports. You've got other smaller groups that receive reports. Nobody knows how much of this is going on. This is almost an everyday thing, uh, what's happening from the reports that come in. You know, I can see how... Though, you know, you have, say, like the Air Force and the government who's attempting or allegedly attempting to try to investigate this stuff. And like you said, the reports just come pouring in. And I could almost see how they could become not only overwhelmed, but just basically shut down because they're looking more for drones or legitimate explanations and you have these kinds of stories like the reports that you get all the time and i could see how these people would just throw up their hands and just give up well there's two areas two types of reports that you hear very little about and these are the kind of reports that really need attention so let's go back to these small balls of light reports, which I'm sure you fellows have heard other reports before from different areas. But anyhow, it's a lot more involved than what most people know of. I knew about these cases back in the 1960s. I've been calling them many UFOs for many years. And these objects, the smallest ones I learned about were about the size of a, of a large oversized firefly. But then uh, most of the reports, they're about the size of a golf ball or baseball to about a foot or two in diameter. They're often spherical, but they're not always. But they're often spherical in shape. They're generally glowing balls of light of various colors. Sometimes we hear reports of something moving inside of these balls of light. In other cases, there have been reports of these things being solid and metallic. Over the years, I've had incidents where these things, even in daylight, have paced vehicles. I've had them enter people's homes and cars through open windows. I've had them uh, hover right in front of people's living room windows and actually just uh, kind of uh, knock on the windows, go go next to the windows and knock, kind of knock on them, and they take off. They're watching watch them taking off. But last year, we had the biggest surge of these reports in Pennsylvania or anywhere I've ever heard of, and these were amazing reports. And many of these were daylight incidents where they were coming within feet of people in daylight. 
Let, let me give you a couple examples. Do you have time to listen to them? Oh, yes. Okay. So a couple of these from Fayette County. Some of these from um, my research associate, Jim Brown, who's a very serious scientific-oriented researcher up there. And uh, so let me give you an example of this. One. So this is April 6th of last year, 22, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So a man and his wife, they're outside in the garden uh, with a wheelbarrow and their hoe, and they're digging up topsoil. And about 50 feet away, they suddenly notice his bright silver round object um, about 10 feet above the fence line. And it's slowly drifting in their direction. It was silver and circular, about 2 feet in diameter. They thought it was a mylar balloon at first. So they watch this thing drifting slower and slower, getting closer and closer to them. And as it's getting closer, it's getting brighter and brighter. And they realize this is not a mylar balloon. So as it gets very close to them, suddenly it's like a small explosion. There's a small, like a lightning bolt that shot from the object to the ground. It sounded like a small firecracker, but something similar, like a snap, like a spark. That spark started a small fire in the field on the ground right next to them that they immediately put out. If this had been a mylar balloon exploding or had been a firecracker, there would have been residue all over. My investigator, Jim, got on the scene, I believe within 45 minutes, there was absolutely nothing there, nothing there at all. But that's an interesting report, but it gets much more interesting because a lot of other reports where these things were coming very close to homes, very close to people. But listen to this. So October 8th, outside of Uniontown, um, 6 o'clock in the morning. So it's cold out. This guy's in his pajamas. He decides he wants to go out and get the newspaper. just got delivered. So he's in his pajamas and slippers, and he's walking towards the box or the newspaper, the paper box. And um, he goes from his porch to the paper box, and he sees this glowing white ball of light. Uh, it's at eye level. It's about 10 to 12 inches in diameter. It was between him and the paper box. At that point, he told his wife, when she, after she found him sound asleep on the porch in, in that cold weather, which he would never do, that he got extremely sleepy when he was near this ball of light. And... Um, Anyhow, he's, all he could remember was it was moving like in a small circular motion, and he got very, very tired. So three days later, that was, um, that was again on the, the October the 8th. Three days later, up between, so this is again now between the, the Chestnut Ridge and the Laurel Ridge, so it's outside of Ligonier, where there's a lot of weird activity up in there, too. So 2.30 in the morning, this woman awakens to go to the restroom. She, she's in one of these old historical homes. Comes out of the restroom, and about five feet away, hovering in her living room, is this, uh, only a few feet away from her, is this deep blue-colored sphere, about a foot and a half in diameter. Inside of the sphere is this gray swirling mass that looks similar to like an old lava lamp. The object was completely silent and moved slightly up and down. She recalled taking one step towards that sphere, that's when she felt like a slight tingling sensation. She said it reminded her of like a pre-jolt of electricity when you're near an electric fence. She said she looked at this thing for about 10 seconds, and then suddenly she became so tired, she immediately went into the room and went to sleep. 
she said she it was the strangest thing she had ever experienced, but she said the next day she felt very sluggish, very groggy, and she said, she said, I'm an insomniac. She said, I don't fall asleep. For me to fall asleep that fast was just abnormal. So that was so intriguing because she had two similar reports within days of people close to these fears with similar physiological effects. Did they go to doctors after that to see if there were any lingering issues? They did not. They did not. And, again, there was nothing they, of course, they didn't know what they experienced or what it was, but there was nothing that apparently, as far as I'm aware, neither one did. And as far as I know, they're both okay. So the symptoms were just thin, short-term. Very short-term, that is correct. But... uh, I can tell you there's an area, you know, we've all heard about Skinwalker Ranch, and, you know, we've done these, we've talked on these shows over the years many different times, and, and you may recall that some of the very weird cases I investigated back in 72 and mainly in 73 when we had that massive UFO Bigfoot outbreak when a lot of strange things were happening, I was dealing with incidents that had similar type of phenomena that was being reported years later at Skinwalker Ranch. And now it's going on all over the country, apparently in many, many different locations. You have similar type of phenomena ongoing. So anyhow, I believe it was about a year ago that, again, I, I talk about Fayette County. So let's talk about Chestnut Ridge first. So Fayette County is one of the main counties here in southwest PA that encompasses the Chestnut Ridge. So you have Westmoreland, Fayette, Indiana County, southwest PA, extends down to outside of Morgantown, West Virginia. I believe it's Preston County, West Virginia, for a few miles. Let's break it here. We'll get our maps out to check his geography with Stan, Gene, and Tim. You're in In the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Colbert. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. I need help with my taxes. Where can I find free tax help? 
If you make $54,000 a year or less, you can participate in the IRS Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, VITA, or the Tax Counseling for the Elderly, TCE, programs. IRS certified volunteers provide free basic tax prep for low to moderate income taxpayers. The TCE program is specifically for taxpayers age 60 and older. Go to irs.gov and enter free tax prep in the search box to find a VITA or TCE site near you. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we were getting a description here of the geography of southwest Pennsylvania. Stan Gordon, tell us more. So we're, we're looking to the Chestnut Ridge area. For years and years, there have been incidents along the ridge areas. There are certain areas on the ridge, near the ridge, the areas parallel along the ridge where a lot of phenomena goes on year after year. There are certain areas where there's more than normal activity. For example, outside of Lake Trove and Dairy Township for years and years, there's a lot of almost annual Bigfoot activity going on, plus a lot of reports of other cryptid activity, UFO activity, but Bigfoot activity, including this year, very good sightings and in daylight at close range. So that's very significant, but there are certain areas, not only in the ridge, but in other areas of the state, where whatever we're dealing with, this phenomenon seems to focus on. Some of it is historical. These things have been going on for years and years to people. But you have these certain properties where you get UFO sightings, you get the low-level balls of light, you get paranormal phenomena, you get Bigfoot sightings, cryptid encounters, mysterious sounds, strange footprints, goes on and on and on, all kind of strange phenomena being reported. So anyhow, it was about a year ago, up in an area of Fayette County, that some of the researchers from the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society, and Eric Altman and that group, they were up there investigating some Bigfoot activity up near there. They came across this very isolated, very, very mountainous, wooded area where all kind of activity has been going on. And there have been a, a number of witnesses there, or researchers there and witnesses. There have been, again, cryptid reports. There have been Bigfoot activity. And last year, some of these researchers encountered these balls of light. And I had talked to some of these people because they know me for years, some of these people. And I think they were a little skeptical of these reports. But I believe it was April of last year, that evening, when there was a pretty good investigation going on, when several of these people were, had the experience of having these spheres of light come up within feet of them. And I can tell you, I think their lives were changed because they now knew that this was something going on. There was more to this than we understand. From what I understand, even recent months, there's been another activity going on up there. I, I have been up there. It is a very, very strange, secluded area. I can tell you, the first time I was ever up there, it was like a silent area. It was just a, a completely silent, dead zone. That's what I wanted to say, like a dead, quiet zone. You didn't hear an insect, a bird. It was just pitch quiet. And I'm not experiencing anything up there myself, but I talked to many people that have, and it's, it's a very interesting area. Now, when you speak, of course, about possible interdimensional sources for this rather than another planet how would we prove that what gives you the feeling that's the cause well and once again 
I'm unusing that terminology because we don't. I don't know for sure how I would explain it. I, I think we need to talk about some of the historical cases and even some of the more recent things that are going on. With Bigfoot, for example, that's where I began to first find things. You know, I've got out in the field in the 1960s investigating Bigfoot sightings in Pennsylvania. There have been a long history of sightings here in Pennsylvania going back to Native Americans. There's uh, newspaper accounts from the 1800s that talk about sightings of these hairy creatures in the woods, but back then they didn't call them Bigfoot. They were called the wild man of the woods of the forest. And I had always assumed from the people I had talked to back in those days that Bigfoot was a, some type of unknown species of science. That's what I figured for years and years. But then 1972 and mainly 73 comes around, and that's when my teams were out there investigating these cases. And my research teams, I started the first one in 1970. I had three different uh, teams over the years, different groups for many, many years. We were all volunteer. We did around our full-time jobs and out of our own pocket. But the groups were kind of unique. I had scientists, I had engineers, technicians, police officers, former military specialists, all kind of specialists. You'd be amazed the people who got involved in the group, and most of them did it anonymously because of their positions. And by 1973, I had, I had it set up where we could cover the whole state of Pennsylvania. So now, gee, it's going on this year's 64 years of doing my research, and believe it or not, I still have not seen a UFO or Bigfoot myself. But anyhow, we set up in 1973 to cover the whole state of Pennsylvania. We were very lucky we were organized because none of us ever expected what was going to happen. So first we had that massive UFO wave with hundreds and hundreds of UFO reports coming in from across the state. Many were low-level sightings, not just lights in the sky. So you got to remember, it's 1973. There's no cell phones. There's no Internet like today. People didn't know what other people were reporting. So they would often call the police at a newspaper. Surprising to us, we were getting a lot of referrals from the law enforcement agencies, from the news media, and we were out there day and night just checking all these UFO reports. And, and back then, a lot of the, the local and even the statewide and some of the national news were picking up a lot of these cases going on across the state. So anyhow, we're just out there investigating all these UFO sightings. And then in the summer of 73, we had that biggest Bigfoot outbreak ever documented that went on to 1974. And there have been Bigfoot sightings reported in Pennsylvania every year, every year since then, including many this year. But anyhow, again, assuming that Bigfoot was an unknown primate, that's what we're out there investigating and thinking that's what we're dealing with. Well, one of the first oddities that showed up in 73. So you got to remember, these incidents going all year round, including the winter in the snow. So my teams would get on the scene of some of these cases within minutes to hours. So here in the snow, for example, you have these very large, strange footprints with very large strides between them that go a distance and then just abruptly stop when there should have been more tracks. And that's been going on now all over the country and around the world. There was no way... That could have been fabricated under the conditions we found them. That was one of the first things that was strange. And then many, many other things began to show up from widespread areas. People had no way of knowing. One of the things that was very unusual we began to hear about was people would tell us in daylight they would see this seven, eight-foot-tall, huge, hairy creature standing there in daylight, maybe 30, 40 feet away, that would suddenly disappear and momentarily reappear at another location nearby. And then over the months ahead, from many other counties, we get similar reports coming in. And then things got much more intriguing. That's when we uh, began to get these reports. 
of UFO sightings, and then in some cases, the UFO sightings and the Bigfoot scene together. And if you'd like me to talk about some of those famous cases, I'd be glad to do it. The one that really stands out was in February of um, 1974, which was the, one of the cases that, to me, indicated we're dealing with something that is not a completely physical animal. We definitely want to hear more of this. Definitely want to hear more of this. All right, so um, let's go back to February 6, 1974. This is way up in the mountains, uh, not far from Ohio Pile, where a lot of sightings have gone on for years and years with Bigfoot and other phenomena, but Bigfoot, a lot of reports in Fayette County. So anyhow, it was a normal evening, and this lady is sitting um, in her living room in a little cabin home very deep in the mountains, watching television. She began to hear this commotion on her little front porch. She had some, she had some em- empty soda cans out there, pop cans. Something was rattling the pop cans around. So uh, two or three weeks before, I remember she told me that there was a pack of wild dogs came through. So she thought, I bet those dogs are back again. So she thought, you know what, I'll just grab my 16-gauge double-barrel shotgun, and I'll shoot over her head, and I'll scare those dogs away. So what does she do? She goes and loads one chamber of her shotgun. So she starts walking up towards the front door with a shotgun in her hand. She turns on the switch to put on the porch light outside. She opens the door and steps out. But there's no dogs there. Six feet in front of her is a seven-foot-tall, kind of grayish-haired Bigfoot standing right in front of her, put put his hand straight up over its head, his arm straight up over its head when she turned on the light. How does she react? She aims her shotgun and pulls the trigger. She said there's this bright flash of light, like the flash from a strobe on a camera, and it vanishes right in front of her. Yeah, I'm going to persist with this story because I have questions after we get through with it, because it strikes me as other possibilities, too. Of course, how would we know unless someone out there tells us, right? Stan Gordon, Gene Steinberg, Tim Swartz. You're in the Pedicast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. This is an urgent warning. America is heading for another major financial disaster at an alarming rate. We could see stock prices fall as much as 50%, but this time the crash could be more violent and come faster than you ever imagined. We are Advantage Gold, America's most trusted precious metals company, and we are here to sound the alarm that winter is coming for investors. And now is the time to take actions that may help protect and secure your portfolio with physical precious metals. Want to help protect your hard-earned money before it's too late? 
rate? Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000 and request our free gold and silver survival kit today. Mention that you heard us on the radio and learn how you could get up to $1,000 in free silver coins. The number is 800-900-8000. Call now to get your free survival kit and see if you qualify for $1,000 in free silver today. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. Did you get a call or message that mentioned Social Security that made you feel threatened or scared? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, press you for personal information, or demand instant payment. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Don't fall for it. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to oig.ssa.gov. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, so she fires her shotgun at this thing and it vanishes. I wonder if it was even there. Maybe it was some kind of hallucination or a projection or, or something like that. So here's the rest of the story. So her in-laws lived about 100 feet away. They heard the gunshot. They called her on the phone, asked what she was shooting at. She explained it to him. Her son-in-law grabs his pistol, starts walking down that dirt road. He sees a dark figure running ahead of him, down away from him. At some point, as he's getting down there, he reportedly encountered, I believe it was four or five hairy people with eyes like coals of fire. He runs into the cabin home, and it was around that time that this very large luminous object, they said like a big Christmas ornament, was hovering over the woods at the same time. That's when they got very shaken, and they called the state police. So some of the people who were listening will remember the time period. February 1974. What was going on at the time, there was a big national trucker strike. You'll probably remember we had national 
uh, gas rationing. Remember that, Gene? Oh, boy. We can tell you stories about the gas rationing. I remember, as many of our listeners did, I'll just tell you this and we'll go on. I remember waiting for hours to fill my gas tank. Wow. (laughs) Well, anyhow, the thing was, there was a lot of violence across the country at that time. So here in Pennsylvania, the National Guard and the state police were patrolling together. I couldn't get gas where I lived in Greensburg, so I couldn't get up there early the next morning up to the scene. So anyhow, you had some members of both the National Guard and the state police responded to this incident. I talked to the primary state police investigator, and he said it took them quite a while way up in the mountains to find the place. By the time they got there, everything was over. But he said something very strange happened up here. He said, first of all, one, the witnesses were very credible. They were very, very frightened. They gave detailed accounts of what they experienced. But he said what convinced him was the animal reactions. And I mentioned to you earlier that I've never seen a Bigfoot or a UFO, but I have many times getting on the scene of these incidents, seeing the animal reactions. So even the most vicious dogs, when these things are nearby, they don't bark, they cower, they shake. Very, very common. Other animals also will respond to this as well. They are able to sense these things. But anyhow... He said, that convinced I remember they had several big dogs, and he said, when they got on there, dogs wouldn't make a sound. I think he said one of the dogs was in a cage, and he opened the cage to try to get the dog out, and the dog wouldn't even move. He should have ripped his arm off. When I got up there early the next morning, with my team, all the dogs were barking, everything was back to normal. That was the case that convinced me that we're dealing with something that is not a normal flesh and blood animal. And other cases like that have shown up now, not only in Pennsylvania during that time and since then, but other type of similar effects. For example, while many of the Bigfoot reports I've investigated, which have been hundreds that I've investigated in Pennsylvania over the years and many in recent years and this year, they appear to be your typical so-called Bigfoot uh, description. Six to nine foot tall, cover a long, dark uh, hair hanging off the body, quite often very little or no neck. Interestingly, a lot of reports, the arms are so long they hang below the knees almost to the ground. Eyes vary. Some are dark, but in many cases, people report these things appear to be very bright, luminous, almost self-lumination to them, even when there's no reflective natural light around the area. There's no moonlight. There's no lights in the area. I've talked to many hunters who have experienced this. They know the difference between eye shine, like they see from the animals in the woods and these type of things, completely different. But anyhow, those are the kind of things that, that are going on. But, okay, so here's what I wanted to tell you. You've got a lot of these reports that look like your typical description, large, solid creatures. But we're hearing more and more reports of people telling me they said what they experienced was like watching a predator movie. So people are telling me they watch these things walk out in front of their car that suddenly appear out of nowhere. They see this thing from head to toe. They see it, it moves a little bit and it's gone. Like it comes and it goes. And there's many, many examples of this type of thing. In other cases, even since the 70s and, and since then, these things are not always completely solid. In some cases, I have reports where people are very close to them. They can see the physical body, but sometimes part of the body is out of focus. The other part of the body is solid. And there were some incidents in the 70s where people swear they could see the whole solid shape, but there were areas where there was no solid parts of the You could see through certain sections of the body. 
And then we're hearing more reports of these things being more, they can see the whole outline of these things moving, but they're more foggy or uh, shimmering looking or more foggy looking or misty looking. And then, and then we get these reports of these things not only running so fast, but in some cases appear to be floating or gliding above the surface of the, of the ground. And again, these reports are coming in from not only Pennsylvania, they've been reported by other researchers all over the country. What about uh, attempts to photograph them? Uh, people Do people experience the same problems with their cameras while trying to uh, photograph a, a Bigfoot that they do with UFOs? You know, a lot of Bigfoot cases, it's a matter of seconds. And I can tell you, talking to so many witnesses, even in recent months, these people are so shocked by what they're seeing. Most, most of the witnesses, in so many cases, whether it's a close UFO or a Bigfoot or cryptid, many of these people didn't believe that these things existed. And many of these people, after their experience, it was life-changing experience for them. Many of these people have had a heck of a time trying to deal with some of these incidents. I mean, I've talked to hunters who spent years and years out in the woods. Some of these guys said, I'll never go back out in the woods again. So that's what you're dealing with. So in a lot of cases, one, there wasn't enough time to even take a picture. In other cases, they were so shocked. But have we gotten some pictures in, game cam pictures and whatever? We've got some things in, but they do not show a complete creature. Some of the pictures we've seen show like a, a section of a body with long hair hanging off. Can we say it's definitely a Bigfoot? No, we cannot. But the reports were interesting. What people described was interesting. And then again... There, there have been other researchers out there in some of these locations. Some have attempted to use some very high-tech uh, night vision equipment, but these people reporting different types of electromagnetic effects or reporting uh, power losses they could not explain, mainly the fact that completely fully charged batteries immediately just discharged and drained out. But that's being reported not only with the Bigfoot phenomena, and the UFO phenomena, um, but it's also being reported, as you know, with some of the paranormal researchers as well. Uh, I find the uh, um, the orb sightings and, and the connections with uh, a possible Bigfoot activity uh, very interesting uh, because you know once once again here you have this kind of overarching phenomena that take place, you know, not only with Bigfoot, but UFO sightings and, and even some paranormal activity. But, I mean, I've talked to Bigfoot hunters who, like yourself, were kind of flabbergasted, I suppose would be the word, that they would see these orbs in areas where there's been Bigfoot reported. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt, and. One of the interesting cases I'll never forget from the 73 outbreak was September of 73, north of Pittsburgh. You know what? Let's have that case in our next segment. We've got lots, lots, lots more with Stan, Gene, and Tim. You're in. The Bobbycast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique 
unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. USA News Update. United Auto Workers are getting tired as tensions begin to rise during the ongoing auto strike. The first week, everybody was gung-ho. The UAW strike is in its sixth week now, and fatigue is setting in for some workers on the picket lines, like Darvin Fletcher, who's been working for Ford for the last 28 years. I go with the B.B. King song. The thrill is gone. Nobody wants to do this. We're all going financially bankrupt. Picketing workers are only receiving $500 per week before taxes right now, and automakers complain they've reached their negotiation limits. Tens of Thousands of striking auto workers remain off the job. 6,000 others have also been laid off. All this with economic losses due to the auto strike already well into the billions of dollars. Starting late this month, Best Buy is set to launch its Black Friday sales. The holiday calendar includes early access to Black Friday deals for all customers beginning on October 30th, followed by the official commencement of the Black Friday sale on November 17th. Skip Kelly, USA News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Hey, y'all. Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know, because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means... Always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So, for the love of the outdoors, go to smokybear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. This is James Fox, director of The Phenomenon and Moment of Contact. You're listening to 
the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, another case to be related by the one and only Stan Gordon. Stan, go ahead, please. September 73, when all these reports are coming in from widespread areas, so you have two young women waiting for a friend to pick them up out in the country. They see this around seven, eight-foot-tall Bigfoot with white hair, and you don't hear about the white ones very often, but they are reported even in the last few years in Pennsylvania. So it's running across the road. That in itself was unusual, but in one of his hands, it's carrying a small glowing ball of light. And as it's running across towards the woods, it goes into the woods, and a short time later, this large object comes across the sky and projects a beam of light down into the woods where the creature ran into. So we thought that was fascinating. And let me give you another interesting case. This is more recently. This is May of 2019. This is a rural area in Allegheny County outside of Pittsburgh. By the way, there have been quite a number of Bigfoot sightings around Pittsburgh and even some in the more populated areas. So once again, over the years now, we're getting more sightings, not just in the woods, in the mountains and forests of Pennsylvania, but near more populated areas as well where there's not a lot of woods around. But anyhow, this was a wooded area we're talking about here. It's early, it's, um, early morning, May of 2019. Man happened to get up during the night, happened to look out his back window, which... All the area behind his home and the woods is all illuminated with the lighting. He sees a small, what do you call a small Bigfoot, about four and a half to five feet tall, covered with dark hair. There was longer hair on the head in the back area. It was walking um, upright on two legs. The arms extended almost down to the knees. He could see the arms swinging as it moved. It was a very well-illuminated area with the outdoor lighting, and he watched it uh, move across um, his neighbor's yard and right into a section of the woods. About three seconds after it entered that particular area of the wood, in that same exact location, a bright sphere of light, about three to four inches in diameter, suddenly appeared. He said it was similar to the looking directly into the front of a flashlight. It was only about four feet off the ground. The light then moved a short distance and vanished. A few seconds later, that light reappeared again about 10 feet away. When it did, that small sphere emitted a bright beam of light about 10 to 12 feet long. He saw that for several seconds, and then it vanished, and that was the end of whatever happened. But here he had a correlation again between a small sphere of light and the Bigfoot. I know some people will go and take that, take that leap of faith and say that, uh, you know, whatever this phenomena is, you know, the, the Bigfoot, uh, UFOs, that especially with, with Bigfoot being seen in areas that you wouldn't think would be able to harbor a, uh, a, a, an eight-foot-tall flesh-and-blood creature, sometimes, you know, almost uh, city street types of sightings, yet people are reporting these things. Exactly. It's been going on for years and years, but again, people didn't hear about it. I was hearing some of these reports. I mean, some reports I was getting back in the early 70s, they were being seen in more populated areas where there wasn't a lot of woods around. That's what's going on. And it's not just Bigfoot sightings. We're getting other type of cryptid reports, too, not just in the wooded areas. We're getting UFO sightings in very populated areas. I've investigated sightings over the years in downtown Pittsburgh. I have a copy of a police report of a huge luminous object hovering at an intersection in Squirrel Hill in Pittsburgh a number of years ago, low level. There are a lot of multitudes of cases I've investigated of large, solid 
objects hovering very low over populated areas. And these things are ongoing. These things are going on more and more. There's a lot of activity. Like I said, there's been a, a lot of strange activity, even in recent months and weeks. And, again, these are the type of cases you rarely hear about on the news. We've got a uh, question from one of our listeners in the uh, uh, the Paracast forums, and this is from uh, Kenneth Harris. And uh, Kenneth Harris says that... Um, uh, I guess he had made a previous statement that Bigfoot cannot be a flesh-and-blood creature because it appears to be impossible to take one decent photo of this creature. But he also then makes the comment there are also have there haven't been any corpses to be found. And and back to you know like uh, my previous statement that I mean if you have got this huge creature, I mean, you know, eight, ten feet tall, you would think that if it was a physical creature that we would run across the body every now and then. Oh, yeah. And, and again, that's the whole thing I've said for years. You have similar things, similar creatures being reported not only in the country, but all around the world for how many years, and yet nobody has come up with a definitive body. And some of the cases we have here, again, with the tracks that just suddenly end abruptly, and that's going on in many, many areas around the country, to, uh, unfortunately, people shooting these things with no effect or disappearing in a flash of light. And I'll, I'll give you another example. So back going back to uh, 1973, up in that same general area, here's a man that's walking his hunting dogs that evening. It's dusk, and he owns a lot of property, and he sees this figure way ahead of him, that um, he thought somebody was trespassed, so he yells out. As he gets closer, he realizes this is not a person. It looks like a kind of a hairy ape-like thing. And he grabs a sidearm and starts shooting at it. And reportedly, when he hit it, it's physically vanished, but he could still hear it running, but he couldn't see it. Hmm. Well, and, there, there, and there's, go, ahead, go ahead, Stan. I'm sorry. I'm just saying there, there are so many accounts, and there are so many, and there's a real interesting one. And I'm trying to think, um, this was about four years ago, I believe. Um, this would have been down in the Mon Valley area. So the Mon Valley area are these uh, small towns that border along the Monongahela River, where there have been many, many UFO sightings, Bigfoot, Thunderbird sightings, all kind of weird sightings for years and years. This was a really interesting case. I was there early the next morning uh, with... Um, Eric Altman from the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society we went down and investigated. It was a pouring down day, unfortunately, so we couldn't find any evidence. But anyhow, this was uh, November 2018. So this fellow, who I consider to be very credible, I talked to him probably within a half an hour after it happened, and he was he was definitely very, very shaken about what had happened. So it was a rainy night. He's riding down this, uh, this rural road in the Mon Valley. He's riding down the road. And about 50 feet in front of him, he has his headlights on low at that time. He notices something standing on the left side of the road. He moves closer and puts his high beams on. Suddenly, this huge hair-covered creature walks onto the road five feet in front of his vehicle and stops. The witness is stunned. The creature stopped on the road, turned, and looked directly at him. It turned and, and began to slowly turn and ran off with very long strides as it leaped across the road, from left to right, and then it went up this little embankment. He said he could see his long arms swinging as it ran. The hands of the creature were in a closed, as he said, kind of cuffed position. The creature continued to run up the slight hill. 
The, mo- the man told me he grabbed for his cell phone to try to obtain a picture and followed the creature in his vehicle for a very short distance. He said in a matter of seconds, he lost sight of it. He was right behind it. He said this quick disappearance baffled him. Says he thought that he should have been able to see where it moved to, but he couldn't. And um, But he, he told me, he said he was just very, very shaken over it. He said this thing was at least seven foot tall, covered with shaggy brown and black hair. Um, the creature looked unhealthy as though it was sick which I've heard in a few cases before. We had a description like that. He said there were areas on the body where the hair was missing or sparse. It might have been like mange. The head was the size of watermelon, somewhat peanut-shaped. The face was long and narrow. The ears he could not see because the hair of the area covered him. The nose appeared to be large, about four inches long, and the cheeks were sunk in and looked unhealthy. He said he could not see its mouth. The chest had a sparse amount of hair compared to the creature's back was covered in the air. The arms were long and hung down, at least to the kneecaps. The hands were about twice the size of an adult human. They were brown in color and hairy. The lower section legs could not be seen where it stood because it was so close to the car, it was blocking the bottom part of the creature. So here's a fella that's right behind this thing with his camera taking a picture, and suddenly it's not there anymore. We have a lot more of these cases to talk about and more theorizing as to what might be behind it. Exclusive from Western Pennsylvania, Stan Gordon, who's been at it for many years. Gene Steinberg, Tim Swartz are in. They're the Pentecost. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s.com it's obvious the unthinkable is happening with all the recent media distractions most folks never saw it coming but a few did their guts told them something very wrong was going on and now the headlines are proving them right the people in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing but you know better Folks are investing in emergency food storage, and you should too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells biomass stoves, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, gravity-powered water filters, heirloom seeds, and survival gear that may come in handy soon. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. 
So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. What if Extendivite really works, but you find that hard to believe and you spend precious time looking for someone to say, just try it. I have my health today because of Extendivite, and if I did not take a leap of faith and try it, well, I would be on disability today. Take one bottle of Extendivite as suggested for 60 days to find out for yourself. No need to stop any other meds you may be on. You know by now that they are not working for you. Before the 60 days are up, I know that you will feel Extendivite working for you and will want to take another bottle. Life is too short. Get your Extendivite today. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Stan, still interested in talking about this curious phenomenon. We have footprints that stop, like the thing vanished. We have someone shooting at a Bigfoot-type creature, it vanishes. How do we make the jump there to another dimension? Well, again, whatever we're dealing with, these things seem to suddenly appear out of nowhere at times. They sometimes leave evidence, and then it's gone. The tracks, they go for a distance, and they're suddenly gone. It doesn't happen in all cases. Like in some cases, these things appear to be physically solid, and in other cases, they don't appear to be physically completely solid. It's a very, very strange whatever we're dealing with. But also, Look at the similarities with many of the UFO or UAP reports that we're hearing. So I've had these reports of, of large solid objects over the years, even in daylight, like big metallic objects, for example, hovering at fairly low level and suddenly beginning to slowly fade away and vanish and they're gone. Or in some cases, very quickly just fade away and they're gone. Uh, I've had reports of these objects changing from one physical form into another right in front of people's eyes. You've got similarities with some of these objects in the sky as well as some of these other phenomena. Look at the investigation we're done at Skinwalker Ranch and the similar things that are showing up there. And in many other areas of the country where these things have been going on, other researchers are talking about various similar type of anomalies taking place. I don't think anybody knows what it is or understands it. I don't think the government does either. I think they're aware of it. I think more and more researchers are aware of this type of thing. Whatever we're dealing with, I, I really believe we're dealing with something that's so beyond a present scientific understanding, 
nobody understands what we're dealing with. All we can do is put out the information, gather the data, and there are so many strange aspects of, of what we're dealing with here. Another one that a lot of people may never have heard about with Bigfoot is the electromagnetic effects and power losses. And this is kind of interesting, too. I've interviewed a few cases of these incidents happening of witnesses in Pennsylvania. There have been other reports, apparently not a lot known around the country over the years. But you've all heard, going back to, oh, 50s, 60s, of, of large, luminous objects, large, solid objects in the sky that were low-level pacing vehicles and sometimes in the vicinity of uh, cars or other vehicles, and when these objects were close by, the vehicles would begin to lose power. Their motors would begin to sputter. Their headlights would dim. When the objects would take off, the power would come back on. The headlights would brighten up. Similar things have happened with Bigfoot. So there have been incidents like this where a Bigfoot has been near a vehicle, for example, and as, as the creature was nearby, they were losing power, when the creature moved off or they got slightly away from it, they began to get their power back on the vehicle. That's something that a lot of people don't know about. I remember one case I investigated years ago. There were more than one witness involved going down a back road. They're coming down this stretch, and they said all of a sudden this huge, hairy creature suddenly appears right on the edge of the road in front of them. They have to swerve around it to miss hitting it. It disappeared out of nowhere. It had very large arms and legs, and right at that point, their motor was sputtering. They lost power, and, and the passers yelling, give it the gas, give it the gas. They said, I'm pushing on the gas, I'm pushing on the gas. But as the car slowly drifted away from the creature, it began to regain power. <laughs> When you deal with so many people that don't know each other, don't have any interest in these cases from far-off areas over so many years, and they're so reluctant to tell you what happened. I mean, I deal with this stuff all the time. I mean, just things I've heard about in recent weeks, it's just amazing what's going on. There's just so much we just don't understand. Well, you know, it it reminds me, you know, when we talk about these things possibly coming from, you know, uh, another reality, and, of course, uh, our definition of... Other dimensions, other realities. I mean, you know, we we're really not too sure. But you know, I I interviewed a guy one time that uh, him and another uh, Bigfoot hunter were out in the woods in in Oregon in a uh, Bigfoot hotspot, and for several nights in a row they saw this. The only way they could describe it as a portal opening, and these uh, they described them as smaller but small hairy creatures crawling out of this portal and running at them and then when they would shine their flashlights on them the creatures and the portals would disappear only to repeat itself over and over and over again all night long the interesting thing is that they describe the portal that these things were coming out of as uh, emitting a red light and they could actually see what looked to be trees uh, a leafless trees and an almost hellscape type of environment on the other side of this portal so i mean to me that sounds like an excellent description of another dimension or another reality yeah, and, and again, on occasion, I'm hearing these things, people claim they see something similar up on the ridge in some other areas where these things are going on. In some cases, people reported something like that. So I have heard some reports. And l let me give you another example of another interesting case, um, which has this 
physical and non-physical aspect to it. So this is February 2002. This is down um, in Lancaster County. So this is 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, this researcher is heading down towards the town of Marietta, PA. So he's riding down uh, the highway, and um, he's on Route 23, I believe. And he's riding down the road, and he sees down the distance what looks like a small child playing in the middle of the highway. And he's thinking, what in the heck is a kid doing this time of morning playing in the middle of the road? So he gets closer and closer, and as he gets closer, he gets about 20, 25 feet away from this what he thought was a child at first. He realizes this is not a child at all. But it looks like about a four to five foot tall, like a uh, like a thin, uh, black haired, skinny Bigfoot. And apparently, this thing didn't even realize that he was there until he turned his high beams on. It turns around. It has glowing, luminous yellow eyes. It's staring directly at him, and he said, all of a sudden, it just vanished right in front of him. He said, it didn't walk off the road. It just vanished. It was gone. And interestingly. The Native Americans in that area, um, they call they have what they call the Alpic witches. So these are these small little hairy creatures been reported around that general area uh, over the years. So there's a lot of stories that seem to indicate that we're dealing with something again that is not always completely physical. Well, okay. the The Native American angle uh, is is interesting. What about um, other tribes in the Pennsylvania area? I mean, do they have stories of these creatures, and are they considered, you know, spiritual or physical creatures? Um, you know, over many, many, many years ago, they they were, ha- they were having some Native American events in this area, and actually, they invited me to come to speak. And there were many, many different people there. And again, I can't remember all the different, uh, the different uh, Native American uh, 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 people from this different area. But um, they were talking to me about the history of their relatives and people seeing these things. And what you kept getting over the years was that um, these things were more spiritual than physical, and, and they were more related to the the surrounding to nature. But they thought that there was something that were not completely physical all the time. And, and, you know, when I talk about these cases, by the way, with UFOs and Bigfoot seen together, and, again, there was that really famous case that I'm sure we talked about in the past, but that was the case that truly indicated we were dealing with something that was was not a normal flesh and blood animal with a UFO connection. We can talk about that. But um, And I, got, I just got off track, and I forgot my uh, trend of thought here. But, anyhow, that there's a lot lot more to this than we understand, let me tell you. Yeah, the uh, the case that you're referring to, that's that's one of my favorite cases, and uh, by all means, let's talk about that one. Well, I, I remember that case very well, and gee, next week we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of that incident. It's hard for me mm. to believe, 50 years ago. I'll never forget that day and that night. It was it was the case that changed my my whole idea of what we we're dealing with. And I, now I know what I was going to tell you. When we talk about the incidents with UFOs and Bigfoot, I am not suggesting that Bigfoot is a passenger in a spaceship from another planet because we don't know for sure what these objects are. I've said for years there's very likely more than one origin to the unknown category of the UFO mystery. 
that maybe a small percentage might be extraterrestrial, but I think we're dealing with something else that might be much closer to us. And like I said, there appears to be a physical and non-physical component to it. These things appear to appear and disappear, change physical form. It's energy connected, and I think we're dealing with something that's much more interesting. But anyhow, that case is October 25th, 1973, so next week will be a 50-year uh, kind of reunion this incident, and uh, it was life-changing for me, and I know some of the people with my team that night, and I'm sure for the witnesses, and I believe most of them are now gone. Before we get into this um, case that occurred on October of 1973, we're going to have more with Tim and Gene and Stan, you're in The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you love reading about the mysteries of the universe? Do you wonder what secrets are hidden in the shadows of our own planet? If so, you won't want to miss these two amazing books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll explore the world of the mimics of man, beings that can look like us but are not. They've been among us since the beginning of history, hiding in plain sight, influencing our culture in ways we can scarcely imagine. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll discover the so-called hard evidence of UFOs that's been available for study this entire time, but for the most part, has been ignored. These two books will open your eyes to a hidden reality that has been right in front of our eyes all along. That's Mimics, The Others Among Us, and Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. Available now on Amazon.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. The lump? No, that's not the right one. It's a case from 1973. But before we do that, I should remind our listeners that Eric Waltman did appear on the Paracast on October 2nd, 2011. If you want to listen to the episode we did with our former co-host, Chris O'Brien. And I think we're going to ask Eric if he'll return. In the meantime, you're telling us about this case as we approach the anniversary of it. Stan, go ahead. 
I remember that day very well, October 25th, 1973. My hotline was jamming with UFO reports. There were many reports come in from throughout the state around that 24-hour period. But there was a telephone call that I received about 10.30 at night from a state trooper from the Uniontown State Police Barracks in Fayette County. I remember he sounded somewhat shaken, and he said he just came back from investigating this incident. He believed that... Um, there was very possibly something still up on this farm where the incident had taken place, and he wouldn't know if I could get one of my teams up there as soon as we could. Well, it's already 1030 at night, and that's a distance away, but we did. We got our team together. It took us a while. We got, our, we got our radiation meters. We got our radios and other equipment, and we found our way up to Fayette County. When we got on the scene, we were able to meet the, the primary witness, and I believe his dad. Uh, anyhow. It, it turned to a major investigation. It was a very detailed investigation. And um, found out about 9 o'clock that night in that rural community a few miles outside of uh, Uniontown that uh, you had 15 people. They observed this, this red sphere, this big red object about as big as a barn, about 100 feet off the ground. It's hovering there and it's slowly beginning to move downwards. So the main uh, witness in this case would be the son of the owners of the farm who was just coming down the farm road. He sees this huge red object in the sky. He sees people standing outside looking at this thing. He's looking at this thing. He decides to go to a neighbor's house, which had a better view to see what's going on. He goes up there, and it looks like this thing is going to land on his dad's pasture and his farm. There were two young boys in that house. They all decided, three of them, they want to go up and see what this thing is. Before heading up to the pasture, they go over to his dad's farm. He grabs a .30-06, which, you know, is a pretty powerful weapon, and a handful of ammunition. He didn't realize it at that time, but in the handful of ammunition, he had two tracer bullets. So whenever you fire those tracer bullets, you just get that luminous trail. Anyhow, they're riding down the farm road in the truck. Dogs around the area are going crazy barking. They hear this high-pitched whining noise and these loud baby crying noises. As they get closer, all these sounds are getting louder and louder. They uh, park their vehicle, they angle it, and they have the headlights on so they can see their path. But then they're realizing they had never noticed this before, that it looked like the headlights were getting dimmer and dimmer, like something was draining the power. So they make their way up towards the pasture, and they finally get up there, and they couldn't believe what they saw. They said this thing, the object, that big red sphere, was now on the ground or right above it. It was no longer just a red sphere. It was a big white dome, about 100 feet or so in diameter. And it was making that loud whirling sound. But they were also hearing these loud, mournful baby crying sounds as well. And they're trying to figure out what the heck this thing is. So as they're watching this thing, and it's illuminating much of the area, uh, there was also an odd smell, like a, like a smell of burning rubber or something in the air. So they're looking at this thing, and about 75 feet away, their attention's drawn along the barbed wire fence. Along that barbed wire fence are these two tall, huge, hair-covered creatures look very much like Bigfoot, one behind the other, slowly moving towards them. The one in front about eight feet tall. The one behind is about seven feet tall. These things have kind of a brownish-gray hair, long, dark, matted hair hanging off the body. They had no apparent neck. The arms were hanging down almost to the feet. They said, 
What really drew their attention was they had very large eyes, look almost about the size of a 50-cent piece, but they were glowing green, bright, luminous green, the eyes. The creatures were uh, walking very rigidly along the fence line, um, making those wailing sounds as they kept moving closer and closer. And anyhow, the, the one boy is so frightened he ran out of the field. The other boy started yelling at him to the adult, shoot him, shoot him. So the fella fires his first shot over their head. That turned out to be one of those tracer bullets, so he just saw that luminous trail. The second, the second shot was most intriguing. He fired the second shot, which was the second tracer. He fired towards the creatures. But what happened was the largest of the two creatures raised his right hand as though to reach out to grab that luminous tracer. It made a loud whining crying noise, and the moment it did that, that huge, brilliant, glowing object in the field vanished. It didn't accelerate and take off on the ground. It just disappeared. So when it disappeared at that point, they also noticed that there had been luminosity around the ground where the thing had been. They heard that these whirling noises was making ceased, and most of the luminosity was going around the area. Um, they watched this thing. They heard creatures turn around and began to walk along a barbed wire fence, and they followed back towards the woods where they came from. At that point, the witness is firing. Um, he fired three rounds um, from the 30 odd six um, toward the creature. He's sure he hurt, he hit the bigger one. Um, he was a hunter for years and years, and he said he couldn't believe it because th these apparently there was no signs of any effect on the creatures when he was firing into them with that high-powered weapon. He told me, I remember he told me until he passed away, he said, I'll never forget how that huge creature was staring, staring at him as he's firing into him with his 30 6 has no effect on him whatsoever. So those two guys ran back to the truck, went back to the farmhouse, told the family what happened, took to the neighbors, and they called the state police. Troop arrived 45 minutes later, as I recall, and the witness said, look, just forget about it. You're going to think I'm crazy. Troop said, look, we had a report last night of two similar creatures up on the mountain. I have to investigate the reports. So they get up um, and they go up in the troop car, and they go up in the area to look for evidence where the object been on the ground. And um, anyhow, I interviewed the state trooper. He said when he got on the scene, the area where the object was on the ground was self-luminescent glowing. He said it was about 100, 150 feet in diameter, that the glow extended up about 12 inches from the ground. Uh, I remember him saying he shined his flashlight beam into it. He could barely see it. He also stated, though, that the temperature inside the glowing air seemed a little warmer. And also he said that if he had a newspaper, he was pretty certain he could read the newspaper from the glow coming off the area. And um, then other things happened during the evening. And then stranger things happened during the night, which it's very long and involved to get into. But anyhow, there was a long investigation of that case. Uh, you may remember the name, the late Dr. Berthold Schwartz, who was a very well-known psychiatrist back in the 70s from New Jersey at that time, who was interested in the paranormal. He wrote several wonderful books. He spent a week up here investigating the case and went away convinced these people are all telling the truth. I do remember Dr. Schwartz, by the way. I knew him very slightly like I knew everybody in the 60s and 70s. Well, I got to know him quite well. He was a wonderful gentleman, very smart person. He got involved in some of the cases I was investigating over the years and many others. He wrote some of these stories up in his books and reports on them, and it was an amazing time. But 
that's just a short part of the story. I wrote the whole thing up in my South Invasion book, but here's the interesting thing that you'll find interesting with the mystery men that showed up in the case. And we didn't know it till years later. It was back in the 1980s that during a, just a, a general follow-up, sometimes it would be some major incident that I like to just follow up over the years with some of these witnesses and, and keep in touch with them. And um, anyhow, <laughs> I w- we went back to interview him back in the 80s. We never hypnotized him. We rarely did that with anybody. But um, we were considering now after so many years or certain things that we were trying to figure out, and we just thought of that possibility. So my research associate and myself, who was, who was now deceased, George Lutz, who was not the George Lutz on Amityville, by the way. He was a uh, former. He was an Air Force pilot and officer. He did a lot of investigation with me. We went up to interview him again. We'll tell you what. Let's hear about and, that interview. The results of that interview in our next segment with Stan and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s.com it's obvious the unthinkable is happening with all the recent media distractions most folks never saw it coming but a few did their guts told them something very wrong was going on and now the headlines are proving them right the people in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing but you know better Folks are investing in emergency food storage, and you should too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells biomass stoves, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, gravity-powered water filters, heirloom seeds, and survival gear that may come in handy soon. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at teamgaday.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. Teamgaday.com. Teamgaday.com. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission and the viewer never sees the advertisement. 
The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores, building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So let's get back to the stand. You went back, interviewed this person. What happened? We go back to interview him in the 1980s, and we talked to him, and he said, you know, after so many years, we're just considering the uh, possibility of doing some hypnosis with you. And he looked at myself and my associate, and he looked real strange. He said, well, why do you want to hypnotize me again? We said, well, what are you talking about? He said, well, back in 73, when all this happened, he said, you had your investigators and teams up here for weeks interviewing me and looking around the area and things like that. And he said... There was these two fellows that showed up, and he said, I always thought they were connected with your group. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, he said, the one man was in a dark suit. The other man was in an Air Force uniform. And the man in the Air Force uniform had a briefcase. And he said, they wanted me to go over again all the details of what I saw, what I experienced, what took place. And then the Air Force officer opens the briefcase and pulls out photographs of UFOs and Bigfoot. And they wanted him to pick out the pictures that looked similar to what he had observed that night. And apparently after that, they did hypnotize him. After that, they told him, thank you very much. We believe your story. We'll be in touch with you. And, of course, he never heard from him again. And, of course, we tried to follow up on that. As you recall, Project Blue Book closed officially in January 1970. This is 1973. And apparently nobody knew who these fellows were. We never were able to figure it out. Did you uh, attempt to do any uh, follow-up interviews uh, with the witnesses after this one, you know, like you know, the 90s or, or, or whenever? <laughs> oh, yeah, over the years we did. And, mm-hmm. um, and with him in particular, because of some of the things that had happened to him, which, again, it, it's so complicated and so long to get involved in. Um, you, you probably know I wrote all the stuff of my silent invasion book and go into great detail because there's way too much to talk about. But anyhow, one of the things that was interesting was, so this witness, this fellow, who I got to know very well over the years, he didn't believe in any of these things. He didn't believe in the paranormal. He didn't believe in UFOs. He didn't believe in any of these things. After this experience, 
he began to have various type of paranormal experiences himself, like mm. premonitions of future events that apparently did come true. Until he passed away, you know, we had kept in touch at different times, and he told me many times he wished this thing had never happened to him. But anyway, I believe the guy, I have no doubt the guy was telling the truth. He experienced something very unusual that night, and um, it is without a doubt one of the strangest cases maybe ever documented anywhere in the world. All right, well now, that aspect of his experience where it seemed almost to open a door to other encounters and activities throughout his life, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but that happens to a lot of people who are somehow are involved or drug-kicking and screaming involvement into this type of phenomena. That is correct. And once again, you know, having been doing this for a long, long time, I ran into this years and years ago. I'm still dealing with these kind of cases. I, you may or may not know this. I was probably one of the first in the country to look into alleged abduction cases back in the 60s. You know, again, my, my first group was founded in 1970, but there was a lot of cases that, that we had looked into the best we could. You know, the problem is when you're doing these, some of these missing time cases and alleged abduction cases, you can spend days and weeks and months and even years on one case. Well, we just didn't have the capability. We did the best we could. We all had families, full-time jobs. We were doing this out of our own pocket. We could do what we could do. But there's some people even today that I was involved with with cases that I'm still in touch with. And it's just intriguing what I've been finding out. Really intriguing. So there's it's confusing. It's complex. Um, there's some similarities with the missing time case and maybe abduction reports. I don't know. So I can just tell you this. A person can be in the right place at the right time, apparently, to have a UFO or Bigfoot equipped encounter. And many people just have a one-time experience. But there's many, many other people I've dealt with for years who, from the time they were young children, in some cases they had missing time experiences. They had paranormal experiences going on from the time they were very young. Some of them had, may have been having some type of a UFO abduction reports. But as time went on throughout their lives, they began to have UFO encounters. They began to have, in some cases, Bigfoot encounters encounters with the balls of light, again, all kind of paranormal phenomena. This one person, I've been uh, associated with her now, connected with her since, uh, it's well over probably 45 years. From the time she was little, she was missing, I think she was eight years old, there was a big search for her in a large wooded area. They found her hours later standing in the middle of the field that they had searched, and she said, I was here the whole time. Since then, she's had a, all kind of incidents going on. And then her children had experiences throughout their lives, and now her grandchildren are having experiences. And I'm in touch with numerous other people. None of these people know each other. Some of them live within miles of each other. And interestingly, interestingly, some of these people in the last, let's say, 10, 15 years have all moved in areas close to the Chestnut Ridge, some and they all know each other, and they live close by. And when we have sometimes this outbreak of phenomena, which I probably didn't even mention to you about what's happened again recently, they'll, they'll call me independently without knowing about the others and tell me that they're having increase in strange activity going on. I think that's very, very fascinating. 
All right. Well, okay. You reference uh, uh, new things happening around the Chestnut Ridge area. Uh, fill us in. Well, it, and again, it's not it's not just the Ridge area where yes, there's a lot going on. The last few years, you know, I think we even this is the last time we talked. It's been nonstop reports, hmm. and um, this would be the fall winter of 2021. So generally, the winter time. We normally have a decrease in reports, which is normal because it's cold outside and people are outside looking around. But in the fall and winter of 2021, there was a surge of low-level close-range UFO activity. And then it just kept going. And then there were Bigfoot encrypted accounts. It's been pretty much nonstop reports right through the last few weeks since that time. But really interestingly, and, and on occasion, I mean, it's not like you get – low-level sightings every day, but we're getting good quality reports in through this whole time period of things you cannot easily dismiss. Many reports that are balls of light, triangular objects, cigar-shaped objects, sometimes rectangular objects, close-up cryptid accounts, um, and we can talk about some of those besides Bigfoot reports coming in, all kind of things. But then once in a while you'll get a, a, a law of activity. But anyhow, what's really interesting was all of a sudden when things were a little quieter, I think it was the end of June, July of this year. On the weekend of July 28th to 30th, all of a sudden, all kind of things broke loose. And um, and it's going on, again, basically it's been going on right for the last few weeks. We're going to break right now, Stan Gordon, and we'll get into more of these cases. It seems it never ends. It sounds to me that if I lived in that part of the country, I'd be in the midst of loads and loads of paranormal phenomena. Wouldn't leave me alone, Stam Tim Gene. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good, they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-509-4492. 800-509-4492. That's 800-509-4492. USA News Update. 20 trucks carrying the first humanitarian aid supplies to Gaza were allowed to pass the border crossing between Egypt and Gaza, which opened briefly Saturday for the first time since Israel sealed it off following the attack by Hamas two weeks ago. Aid workers say the shipment, which is just a fraction of the nearly 30,000 tons of aid that have been positioned near the crossing for days, is insufficient to address an unprecedented humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Former President Trump's lawyer Michael Cohen says he'll return to New York next week to testify in a civil fraud trial after his initial 
court appearance was delayed due to a medical issue. He's scheduled to testify on Tuesday. A judge has ruled that Trump and his businesses committed fraud by falsely inflating and deflating the value of its assets in order to lower taxes and receive better insurance coverage. The Israeli government is increasing its travel warnings, advising its people not to travel to Egypt and Jordan and avoid all non-essential travel to the North African country of Morocco and all Muslim nations. Skip Kelly, USA News. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100, shopsupertea.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Screenwriter, producer, you're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Loads of phenomena never goes away. Stan Gordon, tell us more. So again, that weekend was uh, quite interesting, of July 28th to around the uh, 30th. And again, these reports coming in from from miles apart. So these people I mean, in other counties, other areas of the state, so these people had no way of knowing about these other reports. So I'll give you a couple examples. So another research associate, Kevin Paul up in Greene County, reported on July 28th, two people walking along the river trail, observed two beach ball-sized balls of light about 20 feet apart flying a diagonal formation. The spheres blinked orange and white. Estimate is moving through the sky at less than 200 feet altitude. Silent objects moved steadily off in the distance. Um, Lots of mystery boom reports coming in. Like I've never seen so. I get these on occasion. You know, we used to call them skyquakes back in the 60s, but we get these mystery booms where people feel their home shake, uh, animals are upset, and they're very hard to track down. And lots of times there's explanations, anywhere from uh, anywhere from some type of mining to, you know, um, in the wintertime you may have a frost quake. And things like that. You, there's different things. There's certain ammunition that can cause a localized type of uh, 
loud boom, but it's more of a localized thing. But sometimes these effects are found 20, 30 miles away. And on occasion, like about two years ago, we had a huge fireball meteor went over, and it produced a sonic boom. So we knew what that one was. But there have been numerous reports coming in from widespread areas of the state. Some of these are making the local news, some of the papers, too, because the authorities have gone out and have not been able to figure out what they are. So that's kind of interesting. Um, again, a lot of weird activity um, in different areas. I mentioned that Area X up there in Fayette County, the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society calls that area where a lot of weird things are going on. And here's the interesting one, July 29th. And again, they're up in that area. Some researchers see what appears to be a bright red sphere of light was observed below the ground. There were two sightings of a strange prominent creature. It was first seen in the vehicle headlights just outside the light to Sandy Good Detail. What was seen was a tall figure with a head and eye shine. Later, another witness observed a hunched-over figure quickly crossing the road from right to left, described as being very tall and thin, kind of a bluish-gray color with little or no hair. Remind me to tell you the similarity of that to something else I investigated. Once again, many other reports come in during that time period. I'm just going down. Um, on July 29th, I got a call from a witness who sounded quite shaken. This was out in the Mount Pleasant Township. And that, let's see, that evening he happened to look up. He saw what he described as a massive triangular object. He emitted a bright green-orange glow. It was hovering when he saw it. And he said it suddenly kind of vanished. Moments later, it reappeared again. However, it moved forward a little bit. It was like a electric hum coming from it. The object did this for seconds, and then the third time he watched it disappear and reappear again. He attempted to take pictures with a cell phone. He could see it in the viewer. However, the pictures were only blurred when he came back to take a look at them. Um, and there's sketches of it on my website, by the way. Um, and I'm just going down here because there's so many different reports. It was a very, very strange time uh, for so many people. But there was a lot of activity during that time period. And then... Um, it was, I believe, about a week later that um, another report came in, and I think I may have told you about this earlier. This was another black triangle object from the La Trobe area, so I think it did tell you about that one. And uh, but that's where that interesting picture was taken near the Chestnut Ridge as well, back in May of last year. So a lot of a lot of oddities going on, but it's been not just Bigfoot report. And by the way, some of the Bigfoot reports in recent weeks have been very, very intriguing. Uh, on the afternoon of, I believe it was August 30th, uh, there was an interesting one up on top of the ridge. Uh, we were up there investigating it. So this person was walking dogs around 12 30 in the afternoon. It was a very nice afternoon. And all of a sudden, the big dog suddenly just stopped in its tracks, staring directly into the woods. And about 20 yards away, there's some movement, and the person, the dog begins to growl, but it wouldn't bark. It's looking towards the woods. A witness sat down next to the dog and looked towards the woods, and right there in the tree line, she sees this tall creature, about seven foot tall, covered with a mix of black and brown hair. The arms hung down to the side, and at that point, she just took off with the dogs. Um, other Bigfoot sightings in recent weeks, August 13th and 14th, I believe we had information on four different Bigfoot sightings in Pennsylvania. All of them very detailed and very interesting. Here was another one from May 22nd this year from Fayette County, and Jim Brown investigated. This occurred around 11 o'clock at night. The weather was partly clouding near Fairchance, PA, which is where there have been many reports for years. This uh, property owner 
He heard his cattle was stirring as if something was scaring the cattle. He thought it probably was a coyote. He grabs his rifle, and he walks outside, and he said, they're standing in the mud with the cows. It is this hairy man, about eight foot tall, standing in the muddy area. He didn't fire at it. He fired over its head. He took one shot over its head, and the thing ran off into the woods. So Jim was out there the next day, and if the thing had been there in the mud, the cattle would tramp all the tracks. So there was no evidence whatsoever. All the cattle were accounted for, by the way. I just want to ask you quickly. So there were no cattle mutilations there then? That's correct, and they're very, very rare in Pennsylvania, I can tell you that. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Cattle mutilation is something not common whatsoever in this part of the country. We hear very, very rare reports like that. Uh, I can tell you that there's something we'll look into happened in recent weeks where a lot of odd things are happening in the area, and a uh, person told me that he had numerous, numerous chickens overnight disappeared from their farm with no trace of it, no trail, no blood, no feathers, nothing, and no sound. So that's kind of interesting we're looking into. Well, I know one thing that Christopher O'Brien has mentioned is the possibility that some cattle mutilations, at any rate, might be done by the large players in the meat industry to spook the farmers and maybe get them to give up the business, stop being competitors. Well, once again, that's something I hardly ever deal with because we don't get the your typical kind of mutilation cases almost never occur in this part of the country. But I can tell you of an interesting case I looked into. This would have been, still the memory, it's June of 2019. And this, again, is up in the Laurel Highlands, way out in the country. This is a businessman who lived deep in the woods where, again, a lot of people around where he lives, which he doesn't even know about, have been reporting a lot of oddities. But um, it was real early morning, and he happened to go outside to, to put some trash away, and he saw something lying on his long driveway. When he got up to it, he realized it was the carcass of a dead deer. But what baffled him was the top section of the animal's body was completely untouched. The head and the front legs were all intact. It was the bottom section of the deer's body that looked unusual. The lower part of the carcass was missing. There were no intestines or bones or blood. So anyhow... He returns about an hour later to clean up that mess. When he returns, he can't believe it. The rest of the upper section of the deer carcass had, that had been untouched was now completely gone. There was only a small amount of intestines on the ground. There was also no blood seen around the carcass. He has no idea, never saw anything like it before. Now, when you see something like that, aren't we connecting it in any way to this paranormal phenomena, the Bigfoot phenomenon and of course ufos we have no way to know it's just one of these anomalies these strange things show up people report different things we don't know if it's connected or not but these are things being reported in areas where some of this other phenomenon is ongoing but you know i, I mentioned to you a few minutes ago about that whatever it was that cryptid that looked almost hairless up in that area x just a few months ago and I don't know if I ever talked to you about this case or not, but it's really interesting. Let's talk about it in our next segment here. Okay, we're exploring the incredible amount of paranormal phenomena in Pennsylvania, explored over the years by Stan Gordon. 
So you have Tim Swartz, Gene Steinberg, means you're in the podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or injured at work, you have rights, and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good, they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-524-3810-800-524-3810-800-524-3810. That's 800-524-3810. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at, no pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream for the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Everyone around me seems to get sick but me. My brother got the flu twice. My mother was down with some sort of fever. People at work were taking sick days off, and others were just plain tired and run down. And me? Well, I just keep feeling great all the time with Extendivite. My grandfather used to talk about the power of garlic and other herbs he took that kept him healthy. I'm lucky. Extendivite was just what I needed to keep me healthy. And Extendivite is all natural. 
Extendivite was designed for the heart but does so much more by keeping me healthy all the time. I'll take Extendivite forever. Get your two-month supply for only $69.95 plus shipping and handling. My name is Rick and you can be like me. Just by calling 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Stan Gordon's with us, talking about lots of weird things going on out there in the world. So, August of 2017, very interesting case, and... The whole point is this, as you'll hear this report, and again, we didn't even have begin to talk about the various cryptid and odd things that are being reported. You have so many different type of entities being reported. Well, we all know there's no way all these creatures could be out there that science would never confirm. At the same time, you've got so many credible people who are seeing these things, you can't just dismiss the reports. There's similarities, there's patterns to it. So here, for example, here's this report. This is August 2017. This is a police officer on patrol who contacted me soon after it happened. I mean, he's in southwest PA. He's riding down the dark road that night. He sees a, a ball of very dull white light low to the ground. So this is not the balls of light we're talking about previously. He's sitting there looking at this thing. He's realizing that he's never noticed any type of artificial lighting like this on the ground before. So he stops his patrol car. And he said, this is the weirdest thing he's ever seen in his life. He said, this ball of light suddenly rose straight up from the ground, and he realized it's the head of a being about six feet tall or larger. It was tall and almost skeletal thin. He said, when he first observed it, he believes it was lying on its belly on the ground with his head facing toward the road. It then stood up facing the road. In that dark area, he saw the dull light from the glowing head illuminating the upper section of the body of the creature. He said he watched this thing as it turned to the right. The dull illumination in the head led up the shoulder area. The creature then turned and faced him, then turned to the left, and he said he was the most remarkable speed he had ever seen. He said it moved so fast, he said, that it took off so fast he could only call it abnormal, as fast as anything he'd ever seen. He assumed the creature moved on two legs, but he could not see the lower section of the body. He said this thing was about six feet or taller, head was about eight to ten inches in diameter, shaped like a ball. But he said it may have been a little more egg-shaped. Light emitting seemed to be just a dull white, illuminated the shoulders, the top of the chest, and the section of the arms. The witness could not see the hands. The chest looked to be about 18 inches across. The waist appeared to be small, but the arms were unusually long. The long limbs looked skeletal with no muscle mass. The skin tone appeared to be kind of a dull grayish blue. He could not see any facial features, but it was hairless. The experience only lasted seconds. When the creature was gone, he pulled his patrol car up, put a spotlight on, there were no tracks on the ground. Within weeks, I was getting other reports of some people seeing something similar. And it was the year later, in the fall of 2018, this is kind of on the border between Westmore and Armstrong County, way out in the country. So here's a fellow, and I was there. He lives deep in the woods. His home is in the woods. He lives with deer. He was up behind his house doing some work one evening when he heard these odd bipedal tracks. He knew it was not deer. It didn't sound normal to him. It shook him up a little, decided to get down to his house. So he's in the kitchen. He's sitting at the dining room table. 
It's 10 feet away from the back door that faces the woods that has no curtains on it. So it's unobstructed. It's just a glass door. As he's looking at the glass door, suddenly he's startled. Crouched down outside the door is this humanoid-shaped being on all fours on his hands and knees staring directly at him 10 feet away. Creature looked like a a skeleton covered with all gray skin. No hair. The creature was down on his gray bony legs. The legs looked similar to the back legs of a greyhound dog. The arms were longer than normal, bony and hairless. The head was round, the neck was small. The head appeared to be on his shoulders. The mouth was closed. The eyes were glowing a dull yellow color. He estimated this thing would stand six or seven feet tall. He could see its spine protruding as it moved. He was stunned by what he saw. He turned around a minute, and when he turned around again, it was scaring us. It was moving around the side of the house, and that's the last he saw of it. He told me it took him weeks and weeks before he went back in the woods again. Those are the kind of things I'm hearing from very credible people. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't think I'd ever go back out in the woods again if I saw something like that creeping around my house. Especially if I if I lived in in the woods, that'd be the time to just to pack everything out, up and move. Well, since that time, and after the months after that, around the country, other researchers are getting other similar type reports as well. Well, the description of that creature reminds me of oh my gosh! I mean, it's this happened back in the '60s in California of the uh, pumpkin-headed creature that was skinny that jumped out in front of a car and then tried to grab the driver through the windshield. Yeah, I kind of remember something like that. Yeah, there was, there's been strange cases for years and years, but you're hearing more and more about it now, because I think, while a lot of people don't want to be identified, people are a little more willing to talk about these things. We're going to be concluding our main show in just a few moments, and then we'll have Stan Gordon back for the After the Paracast bonus podcast. But what's your long-term game plan? You've been following this since the 1960s. You've been an investigator longer than you've worked at any job and probably longer than you were married. So where does it go from here? Do we ever get a resolution? Well, yeah, I guess you hope that the next phone call comes in is going to be that case is going to help solve the mystery, but you just never know what's going to be called in next. And I've learned a lot about what we're dealing with. There's so much we don't understand. Uh, Once again, I don't think anybody understands what we're dealing with, including the government, but I think they're very much aware of it. I think we're dealing with something that's very complex, that more and more data indicates that we're dealing with the fact that these various anomalies, that a lot of the strange phenomena we're dealing with may be somehow interconnected. It's all energy connected, but we're dealing with something that has a physical, non-physical component to it. And I think more and more people now are beginning to realize that there's something else involved in this. And while extraterrestrial might be an explanation for certain reports, I think a lot of what we're dealing with is something else. And are you saying that something else is interdimensional or what? Well, I'm using that for lack of a better term because we don't know for sure what else to call it. But we're dealing with something that, again, has a physical, non-physical aspect to it. These things suddenly appear and disappear. They leave evidence and they're gone. As some people say, it's like watching a Predator movie. These things, they come and they go. You can't have, again, so many of these strange creature reports from pterodactyl sightings, thunderbirds, out-of-place black panthers that disappear, weird stuff. There's so much going on out there. It's just amazing. 
It's always amazing to have Stan Gordon with us covering so much ground. Tell our listeners, please, where, if they want to know more about what you do, where do they check you out? My website is Stan Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N dot I-N-F-O, Stan Gordon dot info. There's email addresses and phone numbers they can reach me at. While I do mainly in PA, I do get calls from all over the country and talk to people and try to compare information. My latest book is called Creepy Cryptids and Strange UFO Encounters of Pennsylvania. I go into great detail about a lot of these newer cases and older cases in that book. There are creature reports in there that I guarantee people have never heard of before. The Silent Invasion book is the one that goes into great detail about the events of 73 with all the weird UFO Bigfoot connection. And my other books are all available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Any new books coming out? No, I'm I'm too busy uh, babysitting grandkids and investigating current cases at the moment. Are the grandkids old enough to join you? No, they're all youngsters right now, but maybe someday. You never know. <laughs> Have a new generation of paranormal hunters from Stan Gordon at the beginning of the chain. You can find us on Twitter or X or whatever they want to call it this week. Threads and Facebook as the Paracast. So check out the Paracast on any of those three places and others I'm sure will come along and we'll join them too. We're not on TikTok. Not sure that benefits us or not. You can also buy branded merchandise for logos to choose from. If you go to the Paracast.store or the Paracast.shop, either way gets you to the same place and we offer t-shirts and throw pillows and caps again with your choice of four logos choose the logo you want the paracast.store the paracast.shop and don't forget the paracast plus at the paracast.plus for fast sign up we feature the bonus exclusive unique after the paracast podcast i get enough words in there where you never know what's going to happen next. We also give you this show free of the network ads with better quality audio. Check the Paracast.plus. And by the way, if you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, you get a 20% discount on five-year and lifetime memberships to Paracast.plus. As always, Stan Gordon, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks for having me on. Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>